Welcome to Wonder, a podcast equipping women to live a wonder-filled life with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. Chrissy is a women's minister who shares his story, his love, and his word by speaking, teaching, training, and mentoring women of all ages. And Lisa is the author of Raising Sinners and loves speaking to mom groups in Texas and beyond, encouraging them as they raise their children to love God with all their hearts. Don't you know that she's, she's some kind of wonderful? Hey y'all, we are so thankful that you were listening to us today. And before we get started with this podcast, I wanted to make you aware of an opportunity. Of course, this podcast is not free. Uh, so we would love to partner with you financially. Uh, we love your prayers. We love your comments. And we love that you support us so well through your kind words. But at the end of the day, it takes money. So we have set up a 501c3 called The Party Table, thepartytable.org. And you can go there and make a donation to The Wonder Podcast, and that will help keep us on the air. Lisa and I love coming to you every week, and we love our producer, and we love what the Lord is allowing us to do, but we need partners, partners like you. If you have a ministry or a business, we we would love to pump that for you and get some advertising out for you with your donation. That would make our hearts so happy. But if you're an individual and you just love what you hear, we would love to hear from you too. So again, we are a 501c3, thepartytable.org, because the party don't stop and we want you to be a partner with us. Hello and welcome to another podcast with the Wonder Women, the <laughs> Wonder Women that are hosting you today. My name is Chrissy Dunham and I'm here with my good friend, Lisa Clark. Lisa, what in the world is going on with you today? Well, I'm just, it's summer, you know, it's summer. I mean, what do we do in summer? We Y'all, I wish you could see her. <laughs> I just came in from my little job I have, and she's in her swimsuit cover-up. Now, we take this podcasting very seriously. Yes. <laughs> she has been basking in the sun, getting primed and ready for you today. I have. Um, I have been outside because I like being around my pool. And when you're quarantined, I mean, being around the pool is kind of a good place to be, right? So there you go. Very nice. Been Very doing nice. that a little bit, but reviewing all my notes, we've got quite a great lineup today. We're going to finish the book of James and uh, we have another guest coming on. So Chrissy and I are just in recording mode. We are going to be podcasting all afternoon. So I want to be comfy, girl. I want to be there all comfy cozy. There you go. So speaking of listeners, and we appreciate you so much, you all need to check out our Instagram stories uh, today uh, because we have hit an exciting milestone. I'm not going to talk about it because I want you to go to Instagram and read about it, how thankful we are for you and for the Lord and what he's doing with this podcast. And there. We have some great, great listeners, but we want to give a shout out to someone very special to us on this podcast, Lisa. Yeah. Yes, we Drum do. Roll. We're so thankful for our listeners and you all are helping us grow our little podcast and we're so thankful and just the encouragement you give us along the way. But uh, Deb Pearson, we want to shout out to you today just for loving Chrissy and I. Deb, Deb, Deb. Deb. <laughs> 
and um, loving us and, and just the words of encouragement and listening and sharing. Debbie Pearson, we love you. So thank you for listening and being a wonder woman. That's right. We love us some Deb Pearson. All right. So Lisa, we're going to continue our study of James. And uh, this session is on chapter three. And my Bible is calling this controlling the tongue. Controlling the tongue. Yeah. Let's do it. it. The, The tongue is a marvelous little organ in our body, isn't it? It is. Can't <laughs> wait to talk power. about it. We're yes. about to learn the power of the tongue. And I know Chrissy has a whole talk that she does on this when she's speaking. And it's super, super good. And maybe we could even get her to do that sometime for us. But let me read yeah. real quick before we read the scripture, the nutshell. I like reading from this. And I shared this last time, the Holman commentary. But James, in a nutshell for chapter three, let me read that real quick. Don't rush to be a teacher. It is dangerous for everyone who stumbles when he talks a lot. The tongue is small but powerful, like a bit used to control a horse or a rudder to steer a ship. We control the whole person when we control the tongue. Tongues are virtually impossible to manage. We can tame all types of animals, birds, and reptiles, but our tongues are incorrigible. Only God's gracious power can supply the strength for change. I think that's really good. And that's this chapter in a nutshell. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way of describing it and kind of giving us a glimpse into this wonderful chapter that, you know, we've all looked at before and talked about. So should we go ahead and read the scripture? Let's read one. Yes. Through Let's read one through 12. Okay. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire in a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in his same image. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Powerful stuff. And James spent a lot of time just talking about the tongue. And he starts out talking about teachers, that teachers are going to be held accountable and a stricter judgment for what they teach and what they say. Um, So that hits home for us um, because we teach uh, 
in our church. We teach our Bible fellowship classes in our church, and then we speak outside of there, and we speak a lot of words into a lot of people. So as I read this to refresh my memory of what all James says here, I was just convicted again that words are so, so powerful. And this whole section that it talks about the rudder and about the bridle bit that goes in a horse's mouth. Um, growing up, I rode horses and, you know, that that bridle bit tells the horse you tug to the right and it'll go to the right and you tug to the left and it'll go to the left. And so that's what he's saying here is that, you know, if if you um, guide it, you will go to the right or the left. The only guide that you have is what? the Holy Spirit. You can't do this on your own, especially in today's climate. How appropriate is this scripture that your words can, it goes on to say that your words can stain a whole body and set the course of life on fire. You can ruin someone with the words that you say. In eighth grade, I am still stained by words that girls said to me and wrote, Lisa, in my yearbook. In my yearbook, they talked about me and were ugly. And I'll never, ever forget it. So when this verse says that the words that you use, it stains a whole body and sets the course of life on fire. I've lived that. I've experienced that. It is devastating. And as we watch the climate of our country right now, words are devastating and they are so powerful. So I love that James is telling these people, listen, your words, you've got to get them under control. Yeah, you have to get them under control. It's true. It's true. And and here, okay, I don't know if you've noticed this. So Chrissy and I, y'all know this, that we're both walking through uh, a season with our mothers. Our mothers uh, are both, Elderly, of course, because we're elderly. <laughs> I'm not. Lisa is. Speak for yourself. So, uh, as you get older, I've noticed something, Chrissy, that, um, what do we call it? I'm losing the filter. word. There's your, no your filter. filter. Your filter. Your filter starts to weaken. And you start to say things that you probably wouldn't have said when you were in your 30s or 40s or maybe even 50s. I still think my filter's pretty tight. But lo and behold, I have even found myself in this season that we're in right now saying things that I don't think I would have said 10 years ago. That I'm kind of like, whatever, I'm saying it, you know? Uh, And I know we do that as we get older. I think it's just a lot of times we're just not as aware, okay? I don't don't think it's anything malicious. However, for us, for the believer, for the body of Christ, for the follower of Jesus Christ, we have got to have a tight filter, but it's not, if anything, that we've done. It's exactly what you said. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our filter, and the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us not say the things that maybe come to our mind. Here's the second part of that. If it comes to our mind to say, 
we've still got a problem, right? That's right. That's <laughs> we've right. still got a problem because what does the scripture say? Take on the mind of Christ. And so when those things come to mind, we can rejoice and say, well, I thought it, but I didn't say it. Well, wait a minute. What caused you to think it? Because remember, our hearts and our minds are connected. And so if our heart is not totally in tune and aligned with Jesus Christ, then our mind is not going to be captivated by the things of Christ. And therefore, our mind, which causes that um, our mouths to sometimes open, those things are going to come out. So and, and I also want to say, wow, when we write things on social media, it's as if we're saying it. And sometimes it's easier to say it via writing it down in a post on social media. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of us are getting in trouble these days, or maybe not. We're getting in trouble. Maybe people really are saying it and thinking it and standing behind it. But there's mean there's so much warring and quarreling going on in social media these days. And those things that we might not say to someone's face, we can say because we're behind a computer or an iPhone, man, we're just, these tongues are not, they're not kept. They're not kept right now. That's right. That's right. So we have to be so careful. I love how the Lord used James to say every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. So in other words, think back to the very beginning. He gave Adam what? He gave him dominion over all the animals. So for all you snake haters like me that I'm so scared of, you have dominion over those snakes. I need you to remember that. I wrote that in my Bible because I'm so fearful of them. Remember, you have dominion. So it's interesting that we have dominion over animals, but yet we can't control our tongue. I think it's part of, you know, Satan um, alive in us and tripping us up. And when you're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, that mind and heart connection is not there. Mm -hmm. So what comes out of your heart, we hear. And years ago, I heard a mom tell her child, oh my goodness, you sound like you have a black heart. And I thought, oh, my goodness, <laughs> a black heart. But what she was trying to say is your words are so ugly. Yeah. That is not a pure heart. So we have to be very, very careful. If you go on in verse eight, this one gets me too. no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So if you go back to my snake, like they just scare me to death. I'm scared of their poison. Even if they don't have poison inside, I'm scared of them. Um, So James is trying to say, listen, it is restless and it is evil and it is full of poison. And then he goes on to say, with that same tongue, you hypocrites, you praise the Lord Mm -hmm. and you talk about how wonderful the Lord is and all these great things you say, but then you turn around and say something ugly to somebody or comment something ugly on social media, or it could even be your own family. Let's bring this home. You know, it's not just the culture and people that we become uh, that we're around. It's our family. 
So you have to be very careful with your words. And young mamas, your kids are watching you. They're listening to you. They are hearing how you're handling things, especially right now. So, you know, that old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. If they sense that and they know that uh, and the words out of your mouth are ugly, you've got to get that under control. And the only way you can do it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I love how he ended this portion of the scripture saying, does not a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening, my brothers and sisters, it should not be this way. So in other words, that should not be who you are. It's hard to praise the Lord and talk about how amazing he is and then talk ugly about somebody or talk ugly to your own family. So it's something to be very, very aware of. It's true. It's true. And it's called the double mind. He calls it the double mindedness of the tongue back to chapter one when he yeah. talked about right and you talked you you said you know it, this goes to parents as well it's not just us out in the community or with work associates or friends or whatever it is at home too and go even going back to the very beginning of the chapter where he talks about teachers and how we're held to a higher standard well I think we should say parents because parents are teachers and parents should be held to the higher standard. I mean, we mm, can't that's good. That's children good. how to interact with people and how to love people like Jesus loved people. If we, if our tongues aren't held at home, if we're constantly gossiping, complaining, yelling, uh, doing all the things. And then, I mean, you've been in the car on the way to church where you griped at your kids or you've been, you know, losing your patience. You're like, okay, let's go praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. There should be a picture of every parent here within that scripture, because that's that's the picture. Of course, we are going to lose our patience. We are covered in skin. So as long as we're here on this earth, therein lies the struggle. OK, so just to, just let yourself know that these things are going to happen. But our our desire, remember, as born again believers in Jesus Christ, as he indwells us, is to be able to rule over these, these sin, the sinful nature. And that's why it's so important for us to realize this. And so I, as we seek wisdom, we've got to get wise about where our weaknesses are. And if, you're, if you struggle in this area, so I, had, I remember when I was teaching the Age of Opportunity class many years ago, and a mom kept stayed after class, and she said, my sixth grade daughter is wrapped up in a whole gossip ring right now. It's just one thing after the next and gossip, gossip, gossip. And girls are, you know, banning certain girls from their group because they heard this and that. And, and, and I, and I said, okay, what's it like at home? What's the climate for this? Is it acceptable at home? And, and she started thinking about it and she said, well, I'm sure that my girls have heard me gossip. And she said, I have not tried to shelter them from that at all. And I said, okay, well, here's the deal. As you, the parent, or let's use the word teacher, if she's watching that and you're modeling that for her, then she's going to take that right with her, just like she would take if you were serving the homeless right from your kitchen sink. And the homeless, you're, I promise you, your daughter is going to be looking for someone to serve. 
That's right. So if you're gossiping and you're not, and you're not trying to rule over that in your heart and life through the power of the Holy Spirit, then they're watching you. And this is all they know. We are their primary teaching environment. The parents, your home is the primary teaching environment. So whatever we're doing there, our kids are going to take out. Now, at some point they get old enough and they're starting, they get to the age of accountability where they're like, okay, I know right from wrong. Maybe my mom's not right in that area. Maybe I want to do better. We've all, we've all tried to be better than our parents, right? That's, that's right. That's human nature. That's, that's the walk of, of Christ. That's the walk we're on, this salvation, working through our salvation. But anyway, we have to take account and, and realize our weaknesses. And if this is something that we struggle with, we need to be on our knees with it. We need to be asking the Holy Spirit to just totally um, engulf us, cover us, so that the words that are coming out of our mouth are uplifting. They're they're joyful. They're full of peace. All the things in Philippians that it says we should that should be coming out of our lives as believers. That's right. I wrote down that our words have the power to give life and hope, or to steal them away. Our words can steal someone's hope or they can steal someone's life. And I love that little saying I found because it's so true. Our our words are life-giving. They're encouraging, they're uplifting. The Bible talks about that, that everything that comes out of our mouth should be uplifting and encouraging and um, that our conversation should be seasoned with salt. That means they should be salty and worthwhile, not just a bunch of yak-yak going on and gossip and all that. When you use the example of going to church, I immediately went to at the end of church when you get in the car and you're like, oh, well, did you hear that? And did you hear this? And, you know, where was so-and-so and all the conversations that go on in the car? And it's the exact same thing. So you just left, you know, hugging people, singing praises, and you get in the car and then you start complaining about something or talking about someone. So you have to be so, so careful. I just want to remind our listeners of James 1, 5, because here's where you get this wisdom. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. So just as a reminder, James started out this whole chapter teaching us that wisdom is only from the Lord. So if you ask He is going to give that to you. He will give you control over your words so that they can be life-giving and hopeful and all those things that we want to be. So make sure that before you open your mouth, because listen, you're going to lose your filter. I was on a conversation with my mom right before we got on here. And I mean, she can take my feelings and just kill them. Every conversation every conversation. So you have to be armored up and able to handle that and watch your words back to her. Watch your words back to your children, to your husband and all those things. Let me read the last few verses of James 3, uh, where he wraps this chapter up. Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that His works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly and spiritual 
and demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. So what a great way to end this section of his talk to the people talking about this wisdom that he talked about in the first chapter. He's just reminding us that wisdom only comes from the Lord. What are your thoughts on this piece, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, what does he say? If you seek after wisdom, you will find it. And so that is something that, and and I think about this today. Let's just put this into 2020. So much is coming at us all the time. And we might think, well, I know so much about that because I've seen it on the news so much, or I've read it on my Twitter or this or that. We don't know nothing. We don't know nothing. Why? Because that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. That's what the world is telling us to think. We've got to be discerning enough to know that wisdom comes straight from the Lord. How do we get it? Through prayer and Bible study. That's right. That's where we're going to get the wisdom that we seek and the wisdom that he's talking about here that helps us live this life. When he tells us in the scripture, I've given you everything you need to live a godly life. What he's talking about is I've given you the prayer. I've given you the time. I've given you my Holy Spirit. I've given you my word. So this wisdom that we seek, which promotes within us humility, I love the scripture, uh, verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Y'all, when we're envious, when we're jealous, when we're wanting to puff ourselves up and we don't feel uh, settled, we got to know that's not coming from the Lord because that's not the Lord. How are meek and humble people viewed in this world it's viewed from the worldly stance as weak that's right it's not it's it's under uh, the holy spirit's conviction it's living under conviction it's living according to the scripture it's wise it's wise and so when i look at people who are so humble and so meek and gentle what do you, your first thought is there's it's such peace. Absolutely. Such peace there. That's right. And so, and we know that that's not, we cannot go to Walgreens and order up some peace. No. Go get a bottle of peace. It does not come from the world. It comes straight from the Holy Spirit. So it's just, it's just a great chapter to remind us about the tongue. As we close on this chapter, I just want to read out of Matthew 12, 36, Jesus's exact words. And I think it's a great way to end this chapter. He says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So Jesus does not mince words there about our tongue. And it's, it's really the thing that separates us. I, I mean, we can, our bodies can, can separate us too, but and what we do with our mind and everything else. But our tongue is what people, the way we speak is really how people know us. 
Exactly. That's right. That's right. And when we, yeah, when we live in the power of the Holy Spirit, those words come from a pure heart when you spent time with him. I want to close with this one thing that is just so rich that our pastor Jarrett Stevens said in a sermon, he said that insecurities are the fuel for selfishness. So when we talk about the, uh, envy and selfish ambition and all those things that are listed here, that has nothing to do with the Lord. It has to do with you being selfish. And when you look at the climate that we're in, it's all about selfishness and what I want. I want this. And we use these ugly, ugly words to communicate that. So I know as Wonder Women, that that is not what the Lord asked us to do and that we are going to try to be very different and allow the Holy Spirit to control our tongue. Amen. Such a good word. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. Don't you know that she's, she's some kind of wonderful? She's some kind of wonderful. Yes, yeah, she is. She's, a, she's some kind of wonderful. Yeah, yeah.